Pulisic! Buries it in the upper 90! In a match in which the U.S. have shown so much character, it's their first And welcome to Interesting to See. It's Monday, June 7th. That was courtesy of Yahoo Soccer. Christian Pulisic scores the game winner in what was probably the best soccer game the U.S. has played in years and years and years. Incredible. The U.S. beats Mexico and apparently is all the way back. This is Interesting to See, your show about sports narratives, news, and whatever happens to come to mind. It was the first weekend where sports felt like they were all the way back in the United States. Big hockey weekend. Vegas beats Colorado 5-1. to one. Vegas and New York Islanders crowds seemed absolutely out of control. The Islanders-Bruins series is tied at 2-2. Two two. Hockey's all the way back as well. Big news in the NFL. Julio Jones is traded to Tennessee for what seems like not that much. But we're going to start today with what's going on in golf. Two interesting stories going on in golf. The first one is that John Rahm, who had the round of his life on Saturday at the Memorial Tournament, is six under, is six strokes ahead of everybody else, excuse me, six strokes ahead of everybody else, finds out he tested positive in like the post-game interview and has to leave. We also found out that John Rahm found out through contact tracing that he was around someone with COVID, but then that he went out and got the first dose of the vaccine. And as a result of that, you know, the vaccine didn't work and he did indeed test positive for COVID and he couldn't play anymore. COVID is all the way back in sports. And we'll talk about how that's going to impact the NFL as well. The other story going on in golf this week is the Brooks Kepka Bryson DeChambeau rivalry continues to just ramp up. So I guess Brooks Kepka fans are shouting, go Brooksy, while Bryson is playing. He's getting mad and kicking those people out. And then I saw on TikTok through not Brooks Kepka's own TikTok, but that he and a sponsor were giving people who were kicked out for doing that free cases of beer. So we are we are just inches away from professional golf turning in. Uh, to Happy Gilmore. Taking a look at what happened this weekend in basketball. Two interesting storylines. Joel Embiid was back, and it, he basically wasn't back. The Sixers got absolutely boat raced by the Hawks in Philadelphia. Trey Young is the villain of all villains. Uh, I suspect that the Sixers are a better team, but we'll we'll see how that goes. The most interesting part about this to me is that uh, Trey Young is really, really making a name for himself as someone that people hate or love, depending on how you feel about underdogs and whatnot. The other interesting story, Luka was unable to get past the Clippers despite having what's felt like authority throughout that series, just couldn't do it. And then in the post-game handshake, he didn't want to trade jerseys with Paul George, which kind of puts Paul George right in his place. Like, yeah, I'm going to trade jerseys with Kawhi, I guess. I, Paul, I'm, I'm really not interested in trading jerseys with you. And that's what happened over the weekend. We come back, we're going to talk about the news in the NFL and how COVID also is impacting decisions that NFL teams are going to have to make. Welcome back to Interesting to See. Before we get to more news, let's take a look at what's going on tonight. Uh, NBA and NHL playoffs are by far the most interesting thing happening. The Bucks and the Nets are somehow finding a way to get all the best players in the world on the court at the same time and make it incredibly boring, and it feels like a formality. Game one of Nuggets Suns, that happens at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think I'll either watch that one in bed or I will have to Google it. In the NHL, something similar, East Coast, West Coast. Um, on the East side, the series of the year, the most interesting thing to watch. Islanders, Bruins, you can also check out the Barstool Sports stream. What Dave Portnoy is making them do is taking one fan from one of the teams and making them watch it with fans, all fans of the other team, and that's just absolutely hilarious. And then at 8 p.m., the Canadian series, which is Jets and Canadians. Montreal leads that series 
three games to none. And that, that series is great hockey and it's fun because it's Canada. But Canada is having a much more difficult time with the pandemic and vaccination rates and vaccines and whatnot. So there are no fans except for 500 healthcare workers at that game, which is a travesty. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that that's where Canada is for uh, the pandemic because the playoffs, the NHL playoffs is absolutely their thing. Okay, let's talk about this soccer game. I remember in 2016, the USA and Mexico, I think it was like a CONCACAF Gold Cup final. USA lost in extra time to Mexico in what was the most electrifying soccer atmosphere I'd ever seen at the Rose Bowl. Uh, got lost in the shuffle because it was in the fall. It was during football season. I know it. But if you want to look it up, it was absolutely bananas, this this game in 2016. Or 2015, excuse me. But last night, was it was the cap of the excellent first time in a long time. It felt like sports were back. USA and Mexico played, I believe, in Colorado. The USA won. And this is a really good Mexican squad. The USA won 3-2 to two in extra time. Uh, as you heard in the open, there was a penalty kick from Christian Pulisic. Uh, the USA has done things like this in the past, but this feels a little different because there are good players. You got DeAndre Yedlin, he's in the Premier League. But the two most interesting players, Christian Pulisic is one of the best players on the best team in the world for Chelsea, who is his professional team, and now he's playing well for the U.S. And Giovanni Reina, his father, of course, was one of the best players in, in U.S. men's national team history a couple years ago, maybe 10 years ago or so. And he, they both score goals. So it feels like everybody says USA soccer is coming. I don't think so. I just think that there are some pretty good players this time. But if you want to watch the highlights from the 2015 game or the game last night, I'll put them in the show notes. Absolutely electrifying stuff. Um, it, it, if you're, even if you're not a soccer fan, it feels really good to have people freaking out and fans and, and things feel like they're sort of getting back to normal. But, but as we also mentioned, COVID rears its ugly head again in sports. Over the weekend, Julio Jones traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans for a sixth-round pick in 2022 and a fourth-round pick in 2023. And I guess the Falcons are also getting a sixth-rounder, which just seems like shrugging your shoulders. Yeah, I guess we need a sixth. To me, this shows two things. One is that uh, nobody thinks that Julio is going to be that healthy the entire time. And two, there was no market. Nobody really wanted him that much. We also found out that two teams who everybody thought was going to be in on him were not. That includes the Chiefs and the Ravens. They didn't want him at all. But by far the most interesting aspect of the trade to me is, is A.J. Brown going to give up number 11? I don't. It appears as if he's not. And I'll be honest with you, A.J. Brown is right on the precipice of being good enough to say to Julio Jones, yeah, sorry, not sorry, I'm number 11 now, and you've had a great career, and I respect you, and you'll be in the Hall of Fame and all that, but I'm trending in that direction too. So, And of course, I'm in, I'm in A.J. Brown's camp as an Ole Miss alumnus myself, but is A.J. Brown good enough to just kind of demand that he holds on to number 11, or are people going to kind of pressure him to give it up for Julio Jones? I say if you're Julio, uh, you don't even think about it. You just keep that number eight like you did at Bama and, and uh, just roll with it. Was he number eight at Bama? Or why is he number eight in the Photoshop? I don't know, but it looks pretty sweet if you want to check out the Photoshop. Other interesting news over the weekend from the NFL. This comes from Tom Pelissero. Uh, assistant coaches from at least four NFL teams are refusing to get a COVID-19 vaccine. So this is what's going to happen. They're going to lose their tier one status, which is how the NFL ranks its personnel for COVID. This bans the coaches from the field, the meeting rooms, and direct interactions with players. If... The coaches don't get their first shot by the end of this week. The one that I'm recording this at right now, there will not be tier two. The NFL also allows unvaccinated individuals to keep their high level status if they provide a medical or religious reason, but advise teams to consider restricting their access. So for coaches, it's very, very simple. And this is according to Tom Pelissero of the NFL. You either get vaccinated or you're going to spend the entire season in your office. And that decision has had to be made in June. And as we saw with John Rahm, the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, something that... I'm having a difficult time understanding why you don't just get it if you don't, you know, if you want to play sports at a high level. 
to me, it just makes sense. All right. It's going to be interesting to see, to me, if the NFL enforces that at all. We know many high-level players aren't going to get it. In order for herd immunity, I think that teams need to have 85% vaccination rate amongst personnel and coaches and players. So I, I suspect that most teams were not going to get to that level. So it's going to be interesting to see this COVID divide that happens in the country is going to be prevalent in sports as well.